Welcome to the Mr. Vincent Podcast, episode 85. I'm your host, Emmanuel Vincent, and I hope everybody's Thursday is off to a great start. Uh, I know mine's is. Uh, well, it's probably just okay. Not necessarily great. But nonetheless, we're one day away from Friday, the weekend. Um, this episode focuses on, of course, week four recap of some matchups, including the uh, hyped-up Brady, Belichick, Tampa Bay uh, face the Pats. We'll also talk about the Rages and Chargers game as well. Um, we also touched on the Cowboys, Urban Meyer, and previewed a couple of games for next week, including the AFC Championship rematch between the Bills and the Chiefs. All that and more. Um, of course, with the homie Eves, who holds me down every week um, for, the, for, for the football season. So we can actually get into it right now. Uh, here it is. Now, you, well, earlier this morning, you said you want to talk about, we have a lot to talk about in this podcast. Do you want to start off with the Gilmore trade? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. We we talked about it last season. I did not understand why Bill didn't trade him before the trade deadline, and now he, he painted himself into a corner, and he basically gave Gilmore away. Like, it's it's a huge L for, for Belichick as a GM, straight up. Yeah, well, just to inform the listeners that they haven't already heard the news, uh, Patriots earlier today did trade Stephon Gilmore to the Panthers in exchange for a 2023 six-round pick. Now, originally, it was announced earlier that they were going to release him and get and not get compensated at all. But this is about the, about the same thing, right? I mean, you have a defensive player of the year, world winner in 2019, two-time first-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, and you get a 2023 six-round pick. That's it? Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I <laughs> – Again, like when I when we talked about it last year, like I was I, around the trade deadline, I was like, Gilly Gilly should get moved, and then it didn't happen. And then around maybe like the when we were coming up on the draft, I was like, Gilly should get moved, and it didn't happen. And I'm just like looking at it, like what is Bill thinking? Is he trying to give him like a long term deal? It just didn't really make any sense that he would give him a long term deal given his age. I don't know what's happened here. It, it kind of seemed like maybe Bill Belichick was like in a game of chicken with Gilly and Gilly didn't blink is what it looks like to me. And he was, he was stuck and he had to give him away. Cause one, the Patriots were only 50, uh, $54,000 under the cap, which is basically no wiggle room at all. So they needed the cap space. And I also think that they tried to work out um, a short term raise and, and Stefan Gilmore was like, nah, um, this is just a huge disappointment, to be honest, because I'm sure, given given his the cachet that he had, especially like last year before the quad injury he had that put him on the pup list for this year, I'm sure the Patriots could have like maybe gotten like a third, a third round draft pick, maybe a second for him. And now they're trading him basically, and it's funny for for the Panthers. This works out like doubly. They're good either way because they they get an elite corner for their defense. Mm-hmm. It's J.C. Horn, their rookies out. J.C. Horn was playing lights out before he got injured. But they traded a six-round pick. If Stephon Gilmore plays well enough um, in the short time that he's there, if they let him walk in free agency, the Panthers could get a fifth-round comp pick for Stephon Gilmore. So <laughs> so either either they keep him, and either sign them long term or franchise, where they walk away in free agency, 
and they basically get a fifth round draft pick for taking him off the Patriots' hands. Huge L for Belichick. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, like I, that's crazy. When I seen the news, well, first when I seen that they were just gonna release him, like that's weird. Like you can't get anything for him. I, that's like that's insane to me. Then I seen this again, the twenty twenty three six round pick. I'm like, okay, this ain't adding up right now. Like, what's going on? And I remember you were talking about that last year, some like toward the season, which was at the end of the season, or or even in the middle, you were saying how they should trade him because obviously the Pats are going in a whole another direction, where like a rebuild direction where it doesn't really make sense to have Gilmore there, who's already established and is getting up there in age. So why not just kind of trying to get something from him, from him rather, right then and there? And they didn't do it. And then obviously the draft would have been the perfect time to trade him too, and that didn't happen. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it's just a big disappointment, and I don't, I don't really know what what Belichick's line of thinking was there because it doesn't make any sense. I, I wish I could like explain it, but I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and I, I see the people who are, you know who are pro Brady, taking shots at, at Bill Belichick for this, uh, for this whole situation with stuff on Gilmore. And it's like, uh, it's kind of hard to defend him in this situation if you are pro Belichick. You can't really, like, justify what, how that went down. Yeah, I mean, people I – mean, I've seen a lot of people talking about him giving him an extension. And I was like, I'm, I'm fine with him not giving Gilmore an, an extension. Uh, it, it's been Bill Belichick's MO forever. He's mm-hmm. 31 years old. He plays a reactive position – I fully expected Bill not to give him another long-term deal, which probably which is what Gilly was looking for. What I did expect him to do was like move the asset and get some value for it when he when he had the chance. It just seemed like every chance that he had, he just kept torpedoing his leverage. So I I don't get it. Usually Bill is pretty like shrewd when it comes to such things like that. So it just doesn't if people want to take shots, they're well within their rights because it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm definitely. I, I I support him every now and then, and what he does when people try to come at him. But this one, I I can't get behind at all. I mean, the pretty- one the one flip side to it is, you know, people will indict um, Bill Belichick as a GM, and you know, we we can we'll go rehash, you know, his skill position drafting or maybe some of his free agency decisions. But as far as like the defense goes, it's like. Clearly, it's looking like J.C. Jackson is going to be like our number one corner. These look pretty good. And, you know, Matt Judon has been great. <laughs> great. The, a, fa- a fantastic the, signing. The best acquisition so, that we have. So yeah, far Matt, Matt Judon is straight up the best defender on the on the Patriots team, straight up. Yeah. And yeah. he's been – he's shown improved. He's brought, like, a lot of pressure. I don't J- – is J.C. Jackson as good as Stephon Gilmore? No. No. But between having him as a – really, really good, solid number one corner, and Matthew Judon adding more pressure to the Patriots, like, front seven, the two of them together kind of give you what you might have might have gotten from Gilly alone as as a lockdown corner, and I'm sure that they'll most likely be looking at um, drafting somebody else, and we also traded for Sean Wade, who was pretty good um, in preseason for the Baltimore Rays before we traded for him. Sean Wade hasn't even seen the field yet, so I, I I'm I'm fine with how our defense looks without Gilmore. I just wish we could have gotten some value for him because it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, and then you got thrown to the fact, thrown into the equation, his age and coming off that quad injury. We don't know how like if he's going to return to that elite level of, uh, of a corner defender. So, I mean, facts, it's, it's facts. tough. 
Yeah, but, so I mean, the, 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 the funniest thing was he 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 went on um he had the quad injury after the trade deadline, which is like the funniest thing, which is why I was like I fully expected I fully expected him to go beforehand, but I guess not. Mm, sad. Um, so sticking with the Patriots, do you want to talk a little bit about that game on Sunday? The you know the epic um, showdown, Brady returned to Foxborough for the first time um, since being um, since signing with the Bucks. That was a very very interesting game. I'm not going front. Like, I fully was it, was it interesting? Like, it was boring to you, right? But at the same time, it was interesting because you said like a game of chess that we were watching out there. Yeah, I kind of, I fully expected, I expected the Bucks to win. I honestly thought that we would get roasted. I thought Brady would carve us up, and it didn't happen. I was impressed with the game plan. I was impressed with how our defense played. The rain did – the weather, you know, did play a little bit of a factor, but Brady just like with 22 for 43, 269 yards. 6.3 yards per attempt, which I think is one of his lowest since he's been a buck. Mm-hmm. You know, they say Mac Jones dinks and dunks. Mac Jones for that game averaged like 6.9 yards per an attempt, and Bray was even lower. So they did a really good job slowing him down. They only allowed – they didn't allow him to score like a touchdown, turned in like a 55.4 QBR. It wasn't It wasn't like a great game. Um, it's the same thing with the Patriots, though. It's – the offense can't can't score the football, and it's um it's it's starting to be like a real concern to me. No, absolutely. I mean, like uh, like Mac Jones, like I gotta give him credit. Like he played very well, considering that he was just like blitz on nearly 80, 80 well, rather forty eight percent of the dropbacks in that game, with the running game being non existent. Like that was nowhere to be found, and he was like thirty one of forty two seventy five yards, two touchdowns, threw an interception there. But I think for the, I think he outplayed Brady in that game. And that wasn't by 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 a lot, but he he played well well enough to win. Um, but yeah, like that 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 defense. I mean, our offense is just it's just it's a struggle. And there there were some things that I liked um, watching Mac Jones play, and then there were some mm-hmm. things that I'm like concerned about um, about him, particularly all the offense as a whole. Not maybe it's like him, but it's also maybe like the offense. Okay, we I've said it a million times, like. When I see Mac Jones, I see a clear ceiling. He is very, very smart. He's very, very cerebral. You know, stringing together 19 completions, even if you're dink and dunking, that's not an easy thing to do. But but what I what is very clear to me is I don't think he's ever gonna be dynamic. It's just not, I don't see it. Um Jet, like people compare him to Tom Brady. I actually low key heard someone compare him to Kurt Warner. That didn't really make any sense to me, but okay. Um, but I really see like the spectrum for him is like Chad Pennington to like the penultimate thing he could be is like Drew Brees. And being Drew Brees is is unlikely, so I'm not going to go there right now. But Chad Pennington very much does seem possible. Chad Pennington was a really good, hyper-accurate quarterback. Like, when Chad Pennington retired, he was number one in com- like career per- completion percentage until Drew Brees came along. That's what Chad Pennington was, and that's what I see from Mac Jones. The problem with that is when it comes to pushing the ball downfield, 
the windows for him are just going to be a little bit tighter because the arm strength really isn't there for him to be letting it rip like that. So what the Patriots need is they need a dynamic receiver to kind of raise to raise the level of the offense where they can consist they can they have a bit more of a consistent um chunk passing game where they can get downfield. But the problem, the problem is when it comes to drafting skill position players, Bill isn't really good when it comes to drafting dynamic position players. He'll he'll get a lot of like the underneath guys and the good like route runners, but he doesn't really draft anybody who's especially explosive or like a difference maker outside the numbers, really. And that's and we can't and we can't forget that he's not really a big spender in free agency. Like we got the yeah, and the, yeah, because in in the in the way that the position is going, the going mm-hmm. rate for the kind of receiver I'm talking about in free agency. I'm talking about like $20 million a year and Bill ain't paying that bill likes to spread that money around. So it's like, where is that difference maker going to be on the Patriots offense? Unless you by some miracle find another like Rob Gronkowski at tight end, which he's pretty much like one of one, <laughs> you know, like how, where is that? Where, who's going to be that person who dictates defensive matchups for the Patriots? Who's going to be that guy who, when the Patriots, when the Patriots come up on the schedule, that defensive coordinators are game planning to stop right now. There's nobody on the Patriots offense who fits that bill. There are a bunch. None of these guys are bad across the board. They're all like B level guys, but that's the problem. And and in this league, especially today, you need like at least one, dynamic, like, outstanding talent at the receiver position or tight end position. Yeah, that's that's, that's a, attention. the thing is, the thing is with right now, like, again, I've said, if this was Tom Brady in this Patriots offense, he would be scoring, like, 30 points a game. No problem. Because he can string together long drives. He would be slicing and dicing and carving guys up all day long. Mac Jones isn't there yet. Maybe he could be there someday, but just given the odds and how things tend to like work out, it's unlikely. So they just need somebody who can uplift that offense. I don't know when that's going to come. Plain and simple. Even if right now I looked at the schedule and worst case scenario, we're going to go four and like 13. Mm. Best case scenario, I see... Six and eleven, but the thing is, even if we do land in like the top quarter of the draft, this draft doesn't really doesn't have a lot of premium offensive talent. Like none of these, none of the guys, none of the quarterbacks, none of the receivers. There, none of them are guys who, like, are like serious like blue chip trade up. You want to, you want them on your team type guys. They're all like this draft at the top of the draft a ton of, like, really good defenders, which is nice, but we need offense. <laughs> yeah, we do. We need offense badly. It's, it's just kind of sad. Like, we, our receivers can't really can't really gain any separation from defenders. We need somebody dynamic who can make, just make open up the field for, for Mac Jones, like you're saying. I see that as a problem. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know who that's going to be. I mean, 
like I said, the going rate for those for for the type of guy we need twenty million dollars. Chris Godwin's going to be available because he's on a franchise deal. Adam Robinson's going to be available on a franchise deal um, after his franchise deal expires. You see Bill Belichick going top dollar to get one of those guys on the Patriots. I mean, the money most likely will be there because Mac Jones is on a rookie deal. I just yep. don't see Bill spending that way, but it's also like a it's going to be a race against time because Mac Jones is on his rookie deal right now. So he's cheap for the duration, but once mm-hmm. he gets his second deal, I think Patriots fans will be on Mac Jones, will like Mac Jones and be talking about potential and, you know, he just needs this, he just needs that, or he just needs some time up until that second, up until he gets his extension. When he gets his extension, and the cap starts to squeeze and Bill doesn't have that money to spend on players around him. If Mac, if Mac hasn't found some is like some isn't on that Drew Brees track, all of a sudden you can hear Patriots fans complaining because we're not able to score it consistently. So I'm just letting you know that right now. That's looking down the future, but that's what I see. Oh no, I I I can I can I can envision that too. That they're going to be. I mean, I, a lot of Patriots fans I see aren't really patient right now, which makes no sense to me, considering that he's a rookie starting in his first season. But but the pressure was really going to be on once he gets his um once he passes his rookie deal, and then there's a lot of be pressure. A lot of eyes will be on him. A lot of skeptics will be out even more. Yeah, I, I'm, it's 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 tough. And coming up this week, we you know we got like a what seemed like it would be like an easy game, but. Isaiah Wynn and Michael Onwenu, they're both on the COVID list, so I don't even know if they're going to be available for Sunday's game. And then I think Shaq Mason, both Shaq Mason and Trent Brown, they weren't at practice uh, today either. So you're talking about four, four out of five starters on the offensive line potentially are either injured or might not be available at all for the game coming up on the Texans. We very well might lose that game. Because we can't, we haven't been able to score points even when our offensive line is like mostly there. So it's it's gonna be a tough year. We got to get like comfortable. You know, it's weeks week six. We got Dallas. We got Dallas Cowboys. That's an L. Week eight, the Chargers. Justin Herbert. We're gonna be talking about him in a bit, but that's probably an L. Carolina. They just got Gilly, and their defense is pretty good. That's an L. Cleveland. That's an L. Atlanta, Atlanta, maybe I'm saying we might win that. Tennessee, I'm saying we probably lose that, but that's like also where that's like the wiggle room for maybe six games. Buffalo, the two Buffalo games are both losses. I'm not even going to even bother considering that. Indianapolis and Jacksonville potential wins, but I think we're most likely going to either split or or we'll split those. And then Miami, I think that's another L. So get comfortable. Yeah, Page fans. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Pat fans. You got to face reality to rebuild. Yeah, we it's, had, we it's had a, a for like twenty years, but yeah, it's a different thing when you have Tom Brady there to to basically drag them into the playoffs every year while Bill Belichick is like rebuilding the team on the fly. But now we got like a rookie quarterback, so this is going to look entirely different. It's gonna there's going to be some growing pains, i.e., losses. Mm. Facts. Yeah, so let's change it to the uh, to the other game because you brought up Justin Herbert. Monday Night Football. Uh, Chargers defeated the Raiders, uh, twenty eight fourteen. Man, Herbert is he's special, man. 
you, you, said, you, said that, you said that letter that, that they posted on during the, um, the broadcast? I believe he was nine years old when he said he wanted to like play in LA. Yeah. Personal quarterback. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. He, it, and it was funny too. Like, people talk about like how dynamic he is, but he was kind of dinking and dunking during that game, like a lot. He, he, he threw for like, I think his, his, um, Yards per attempt was like five point eight. He wasn't. He wasn't like he wasn't torching the the Raiders like that. He was just getting it done with by making like smart plays, and that's what I see a lot from Herbert. Like Herbert is in that Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence level of like just an athlete at the quarterback position where he has all the tools, but he's very yeah. he's very like he he. He's very good at like taking measured risks when he has to, but he doesn't mind like checking it down. And and you know, it is also low key like a function of the receivers he has because you know Mike Williams is more of a contested catch type of guy, and Keenan Allen's more of a route runner. He doesn't really have any explosion at the receiver position, so that is some of it. But man, the kid can play. He can really play. No, he's good. I mean, I, I, I actually helped about helped him out a lot on the ground. He was dominant on the ground too as well. So I think that that opened up the game, the passing game for them even more. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big believer in Staley, man. Staley as a head coach, he's got he's got some cojones, man. He's got the balls, and some of those games that the Chargers were like losing under Anthony Lynn, they're not losing un, under Staley. Like last year, when I when the Raiders, you know, the I think the Chargers were up like twenty one nothing. Yep, and, and then. Uh, um, the you know the Raiders came back and scored fourteen unanswered to bring them within seven. I feel like last year under Staley, they would have lost that game. They would have they would have folded and the Raiders would have come all the way back. But then Staley got them right back in it. They and that and also with you know Justin Herbert growing as a passer, they're the real deal, man. I honestly for me they they're like. They're right there with the Browns as like competition for for winning the AFC um, AFC berth for like the Super Bowl. Just they're that talented for me. Well, well, well right now they look like the best team in the AFC. If, I'm just going off the, the the first four weeks of the season. But I think they're the best team right now. Right think, now at the moment, I I think they. Here's the thing: the the Chiefs' defense is atrocious. The Chiefs' defense is atrocious. But Patrick Mahomes is on another level. I think low. I think it's kind of um, Patrick Mahomes is kind of starting to be in that LeBron territory where people like take him for granted and just like sometimes like ignore the excellence. Like while they did play the Eagles last week, Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns. <laughs> he threw five touchdowns, and like no one even cares. Like that's the, that's how his floor is like of the ceiling for like a lot of guys. So when you have someone like Patrick Mahomes and you have a receiver like Tyreek Hill, who is the best receiver in the National Football League, don't listen to what anyone else tells you. That those are the type of things where in a in a playoff game just like absolutely matters. So I don't, I'm not gonna say anybody is going to win is like the best team in the AFC until the Chiefs get dethroned. I do see but the Chargers do have the requisite talent to beat the Chiefs, and they also do have the one piece that can 
allow them to double Tyreek Hill and not worry about um, Travis Kelsey because they have Derwin James, who is basically probably the best strong safety in football right now. Hmm. Okay. No, that, that, okay. I can accept that. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a little worried about the, the Chiefs, man, because the, the, the defense is not good, whether it's the passing game, the, the running the running game, the defense is just, like, not like non-existent right now. Oh, I'm a little worried they're about terrible that. across the board. They're, they're, yeah. they're just not good. I don't, I don't know if that's going to change. Um, but right now, I think they're, they're, like, the second worst in the NFL overall in terms of just, like, yards. It's, it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. They're, they're second worst in terms of points. They're pretty much, like, across – they're not doing anything well at all this season. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Now, um, to get back to the game, a lot of I've seen a lot of analysts um, were like uh, at the on t- oh, today, well on Tuesday, was basically saying how the Raiders are essentially frauds. Uh, don't believe in Derek Carr. Um, I think it's a little overreaction, man. It's their first loss of the season. Now, granted, like they have a, they have this little this tendency right now throughout the season to start, start picking it up a, like a little bit too late, trying to get back in the game and start like going like full throttle like they did in the third quarter. They almost pulled up the comeback, but I'm not reading too much into that. I, I believe in I do I believe in the Raiders? I think I do believe in them. Not saying that they're gonna be like in the AFC championship game, but they could potentially be a wild card team as I can see. Yeah, um I don't know. We'll we'll see about them winning the wild card. What it is for me, I think the Raiders offense is actually somewhat legit. Although Alex Leatherwood, the tackle, he was getting destroyed by Joey Bosa all game oh, long. It's, it's Joey Bosa, though. It's Joey Bosa, but they didn't. They really needed to get. But Alex Leatherwood is also not. He's. I think he's one of the worst tackles in the NFL. He might be the worst, and they weren't giving him help early in the game, and towards like the end of the game, or like maybe like toward, after like the second half, they started giving him some help, and that definitely like helped some things. Derek Carr, when he's, like, getting, like, heavily pressured, he does get a little bit antsy. But I honestly think they'll be fine, especially because Henry Ruggs has really started to emerge as, like, a legit – as, like, a deep threat, and they will go to him, and Derek Carr isn't afraid to go to him. What I think is is somewhat a bit of, like, more of, like, a question mark is the defense, like, how long they can can be playing maybe, like, above their talent. Mm -hmm. Um, so far, but you know, Mac, Max Crosby's been really good. I, I just, I think, I think they're a good team. I don't. They're definitely not like a contender um, to me, but I think they're a good team. I think they like acquit themselves really well. But honestly, I feel like, I feel like you're gonna see well one of the wild card spots. It, it might. It's either gonna go to the Chargers or the Chiefs. Whoever ends up winning out the division. And you uh, also, yeah. and then you also more likely see one of the teams, two of the teams from, you know, the AFC North getting in there. So maybe, maybe they can slide in as that, as that, as the very last in the very last spot. But that remains to be seen. Touche. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think a little overreaction. It's just one game. Season's young. Yeah, I, I I do think I do think maybe some of the, I think there was like a bit of an overreaction towards the beginning where people were just talking about like Derek Carr as like a an MVP candidate. I didn't really see that. I saw like maybe he's playing like really well. He's really trying to starting to show out and maybe become 
that quarterback that he was before he got injured in his near MVP year again. But I also think there's still like room for growth and something honestly, it's like a, a lot of it might just be on the hands of like, like the offensive line. If they got their offensive line sorted, they, they'd be a really good team. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, Wall- I like Waller. Uh, amazing. You talked about rugs already. That route that he ran in the, in the third quarter when he found them in the end zone, in the corner of the end zone on the left corner. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Ruggs, Ruggs is never going to be that guy who's going to have like 100 catches a year. He's going to be in that, he's basically like another like Deshaun Jackson type where you're going to see 60, 70 catches, but he's going to destroy you for like, for those 40, 50 yard bombs once or twice a game. And you just have to account for that threat over the top. So he just creates space just by being there. That's what Tyreek Hill does, except Tyreek Hill is is good in the short game as well. He can pretty much just kill you either way. Uh, that he can. I, I didn't know. You, I didn't know that he thought that he was the best receiver in the game. Oh, Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in the game, no question. There's literally nobody. It's and it's not even necessarily that he's. Well, it's like a it's like a hard thing to like quantify. It's, it's literally just the threat that he poses because he's so fast. Yeah. It's just the fact, the simple fact, fact of the matter is if Tyreek's Hill is there, you have to back up your safeties and you have to have bracket coverage because there's nobody that can run with him. And the space that he creates, it just lets Ty, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey run around the middle and not have to worry about bracket coverage. The only way that you can stop them is if you somehow have uh, another defender on your team that can take Travis Kelsey one-on-one so you can double Tyreek Hill. There is nobody who can single cover Tyreek Hill in the NFL. Nobody. So he's the best receiver. Yeah, I say a lot of people say that he's not – don't think he's the best because, like, he's not a – he's not a, like, like – he doesn't really – not know for, like, really running routes but just being a deep threat. Like, um, people think, like was, Man, did you see that – did you see that touchdown catch you had over the middle where – where Patrick Mahomes basically hit him on the middle. He had three defenders around him, and he beat the angles on all of them to get to the end zone. Like that's not not he he makes he he's so athletic. It doesn't make sense. Like uh, maybe there have been players in league history who might have like a higher top speed than him, but he's like. If someone is like a hundred, he's like a ninety-nine, and his acceleration is second to none at the receiver position that maybe I've like ever seen. He goes from zero to sixty instantly. Like he, the acceleration is crazy. So he he can do stuff in the short game that you usually don't see from from small like receivers because he's not. Even though he's a speed guy, he's like thick. He's very like explosive. Yeah, yeah, he's special for sure. Like I've never seen. Well, I guess I never seen it like that, but it's just crazy watching him play. It's like you really, he can really like open up floodgates with him and a receiver with a quarterback with a Mahomes talent to have that luxury of a talent. It's crazy. Yeah, like, he can open he can open the floodgates like in an instant of a flash. Yeah, it's you know it's Randy Moss was like a great was is the greatest deep threat of all time, but even like Randy Moss. Maybe it took him. It would maybe take. He was a glider. He took a took a step or two to get to like top speed. Is with Tyreek Hill, the minute the ball touches his hands, he's already at top speed and he's gone. Like there's nobody. You can't run with him. There's nobody in the league that can. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, de- definitely. So yeah, but but I, I agree with you that like you're probably gonna have um, the Chargers or the Chiefs win the division. 
Yeah, Chargers are Chiefs to win the division, so what, the other team is going to get that wild card berth. Yep. And then the Ravens have looked better. Um, and you know, man, I got to give Lamar Jackson's credit. He was he was throwing the he was throwing the football really well against the Broncos, who have a pretty really good defense, a really good pass defense, and their defense is is playing well. They're I think they're like top like top five top five ish. So you're pretty much looking at the Browns and the Ravens making making the playoffs as well. So everyone's kind of battling for that that one remaining spot. It could it could it could very well likely. Be be Oakland because the AFC South hasn't really been looking all that great. It's kind of been like whoever's going to win is probably going to be one and done when they make the playoffs. And we've already seen how the Patriots look. Miami hasn't looked all that great. They maybe they maybe like regressed or stayed the same offensively. Defensively, they've maybe like taken a like a tiny step back, even though they're still like pretty good. So yeah, I think maybe the the Raiders are in like the driver's seat for that final final spot, but it's it's still up in the air. No, it is, and we could talk about the last game. Uh, Cardinals uh, defeated the Rams. The battles of the unbeaten. Now the Cardinals are the only undefeated team left in the league after that thirty-seven twenty uh, victory in LA. Um, Kyler Murray, um, you can't say too much about him that we haven't said already. Might be in, in the in the early season. Yeah, he's probably the front runner for the MVP, but a lot can change. But man, he is—he might be. Is he probably the most fun player to watch at the quarterback position right now? He—he he is for me. He is for me. It's. I think. I think it's for me too. I think. He, I, mean, I think he's more fun, more exciting to watch than Mahomes. Yeah, Kyler. Yeah, Kyler Murray is literally like. He erases so many problems for yeah. that Cardinals offense. Like Cliff Kingsbury is overrated, and well, I think maybe he's not overrated anymore, but he's not that great of an offensive mind. Like it's <laughs> a lot of it is just like Kyler Murray making up for like any deficiencies, and I can't tell you how many times because I watched the tape. There were so many times where Aaron Donald was basically like a free rusher. Like he destroyed whoever was in front of him and went right past him. But then Kyler Murray just like made him miss. Went to went for like a throw and just made it like look like casually like easy. Like there's nobody who could do I don't even think Lamar Jackson can evade and like is as like as 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 elusive as Kyler Murray is. I think Lamar Jackson is more of a is like a better designed runner than like a scrambler. And there's when it comes to scrambling, Kyler Murray's second to none, man. Yeah, man. The way he just 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 eludes defenders on the field is just so like so graceful. It's, it's really beautiful to watch. Hey, it's that kid is a problem, man. And if they're able to run the football consistently, like they were, they were able to in that game. Um, yeah, when, I, when, Edmund, when Edmonds and Connor combined for like one seventy rush yards. Yeah, it was. Nice. It was nice. So if, but, you have, if you have them producing at a high level with Calamari on point in the air and on the ground, that's like virtually unbeatable. Yeah, and, and, and we'll see how how that continues because pretty much around the same time, like last year, the Cardinals were were really like looking similar. Calamari was looking similar and then he started to be a bit inconsistent over the season. But what I'm hoping is that, you know, with another season under his belt, we could see a lot more consistency as like he learns the game more and the game starts to slow down for him even more. And then I also feel like the it was kind of like an uncharacteristic game for the for the Rams. Although 
for Stafford, sometimes Stafford has these kind of games where he's just looking, not looking great, and then there's no, like, particular reason. Because, you know, Stafford was just missing all over the place. So, honestly, I did say before that I thought that the Rams would win maybe by, like, like ten, like seven points, ten points. Um, I honestly feel like if they met, they the the Rams very well could win that next game. But my maybe Kyler Murray would have quit himself a bit better. Than I yeah, expect. I think I, yeah, I definitely had the Rams winning that game too. I was surprised at how at how like this like Cooper Cup was virtually non-existent. Um, it looked like uh, Stafford was, was was forcing it a lot. Like I know he's a he's a great talent, a great arm. It looked like he was. Forcing a lot of passes and just yeah, it was. Really it, used to happen. see it. Used to see that with Stafford in Detroit. Like he would just have like some like these random like stinker games. You just like what happened, and it, there's like no like rhyme or reason for it, and it seemed like that was the case. And then Kyler Murray was just a, a cheat code and was just solving any problems for that def- for that that you know that Rams defense. Even though even on like times where the, like the defense defensive lineman had. His his offensive lineman beat. He just did what he had to do to make those guys miss and, and be able to make the open throw downfield. Like that's how how do you cover that? <laughs> it's just like it's impossible. So it's um we'll see how the how the Chargers progress. I'm uh, sorry, the Cardinals progress. I'm really hoping that it stays that way because I'm I'm a big Kyler Murray fan. He's like he's he's such a good like he's such a good player and he's really like awesome to watch. Yeah, you definitely, yeah you, uh, that's definitely a player that I, I root for, even though I'm not necessarily like a, a big fan per se. But yeah, I, I, I like him a lot, and I think this team has a lot of a lot of talent and uh, promise a future within the in, in that division Thanks. for years to come. Um, we could take a break right here. We'll talk some more. Yeah. All right, man. So, what games are you looking forward to uh, this Sunday? Quick, that thing, that, that quick. Bills and Chiefs game is going to be a fantastic game. It should be absolutely. But before we get into that, I did want to. I don't want to miss. It's another, maybe another rant. Not a rant, but no. Go ahead. I hate to say it, but them Dallas Cowboys, man. Oh man, <laughs> them Dallas Cowboys. They're for real. Okay. I mean, I mean, their schedule has been relatively easy with the exception of the Chargers, but you still can't take away what we're seeing with our eyes are telling us with the eye test. They have playmakers on the field. Trevon Diggs looks like the best corner in the game right now. Dak is like, I'm so, I can't believe Dak has, has taken this next step in his career after that gruesome injury that he had last year. And okay. Zeke is back. Yes, here's what I'm. Here's what I'm going to say about the Dallas Cowboys. First of all. By to my eye, people have said things about other offenses. The Dallas Cowboys have the best offense in the league. Period. I don't think anybody else is close. As I've seen, as far as I've seen right now, Dak Prescott is playing at an elite level. But what what sets them apart is a lot of the other offense, like with. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are a lot of explosion and a lot of Patrick Mahomes being excellent, but the run game isn't really all that consistent. Same with Back, facts. same with the Bucks. The Bucks run game isn't really all that consistent. What I've seen from the Cowboys is they have the pieces and the depth to give it to you any way you want. 
You want to have yeah. a game. If you want to have a game where you want them to grind out four or five yards, four or five yards to carry, have you know get like um you know like third and short, have Dak Prescott convert third and short. They can do that. If you want to have a shootout with a whole bunch of passing and not running the football at all between Dak and the other quarterback, they can do that. They have um, an explosive running back who can get out on the edge and take those toss sweeps and then take it to the house in Tony Pollard. Dak has been mm. carving teams up. And, and, you know, last week was a little bit more of like dink and dunk. He wasn't doing all that much because they were running the football fantastically. They're doing this without Leo Collins on – the, on the right side, they're doing. They're Dak Prescott is carving teams up, and he, they don't even have their third receiver like Michael Gallup. Like, think what happens later on in the season when all those guys get back, and then defensively, even though they cut Jalen Smith um, yesterday, which was like a big surprise, but he's also been playing like well below like what he's been being being paid. Micah Parsons lights out. Trevon Diggs leads the league in picks. Right now, one one big thing that is it's a it's an outlier stat that's not consistent from year to year, but in a single season, it's a big deal. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys are tied for first in turnover differential with plus seven, so that's that that's a big deal. They you know they they barely lost to the Bucks, barely, yeah, barely lost, and they can play. They they have the offensively they can they have they're equipped to play any way you want when it comes to like an offensive like game plan so they're definitely like a team to like watch out for that was the thing i just wanted to say the dallas cowboys are for real and as far as i'm concerned they have the best offense in the league because it is by far the most complete the most versatile offense in the league you can beat two things they can they, they can give it the air. Yep, they have yep. like any anyway any way you want to smoke Consistent in the air and consistent on the ground, like. Yep. Nobody else has it like lot. that. No yeah. one else. Like the Browns, the Browns, they can they can run the football with abandon, but you can't trust Baker Mayfield every single week. He's still inconsistent. Buffalo Bills, they can't run the football really well. Mm-hmm. Bucks, the the run game has been a bit suspect at times. Same with like the Chiefs, like. As far as I'm concerned, it's it's the Cowboys. <laughs> It's the, the Cowboys are the real deal, man. man I, I I hate to say that, but you're right. And I, I and I and I should correct myself. Since losing to the Bucks on opening night, their schedule has been kind of soft, with the exception of the Chargers. But again, the offense is, is fluid. Uh, Dax is playing amazing right now. Um, it's crazy. I can't believe I'm saying about the about the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's wild. It's wild. Um, you know, but as far as that, you know, the 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 games for next week, that Chiefs, that Chiefs, that Chiefs Bills game is definitely going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen has regressed a little bit, but not too much. He's not maybe like on the same level he was last season, but he's still playing like really well. And the that Bills defense is really looking like it's like returned to form. So I'm very curious to see how that turns out. I still am somewhat aggravated by the fact that they haven't been able to figure out how to run the football consistently. I think, honestly, that's that's something that's not going to really get figured out until they really get their offensive line like fully sorted. But they've you know they've been doing okay. They've been doing okay. Um, I, I think that's most likely going to be the game of the week. 
Oh, no, I, th- I think it definitely be a game of the week, especially with, with the storylines, you know, the rematch of the AFC Championship game, two of the, like, the better quarterbacks in the in the conference. Um, yeah, and then I, th- I think second to that, the the other game that's, that's really going to be, like, interesting to see is mostly, like, San Francisco over in Arizona. That's also going to be a good one. That's going to be a great game. <laughs> I really want to see Bosa chasing uh, Kyler Murray around, see what – see what Kyler Murray can do <laughs> against some of those, like, edge rushers. And then I also think maybe, like, the third game is is Cleveland versus uh, the the Chargers. That, that's going to – oh, that's going to be an, an amazing game. Yeah, because, the you know, Cleveland didn't start off the, the season too well, like, defensively. But after after maybe, like, the first couple of weeks, the defense is young. They've been playing up to their talent. They've looked really good. The, the, the can, Go ahead. Well, even though um, Baker hasn't looked all that well, yes, yeah, Baker, like, you know, it's it's a thing where Baker's Baker's holding them back, and then, but he'll also have, and it's always funny, like you when you kind of sour on him, you'll just have those games where he's really like efficient, and then you kind of like will be like, okay, well, maybe he's fine, and then a few games later, you get the bad Baker again. I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but. It's it's coming to a head for those guys because he's basically like coming up on his extension. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to move on, but it's also one of those cases where he can be. He might. It might end up being a case where he's just good enough to keep you from moving on when you maybe maybe you should. Mm. I mean, I, I think I think we talked about this before, plenty of times last season. Baker will will probably never be a top tier quarterback, but at best. Second tier. Yeah, I think I think he can be pretty good, but he's just gotta like level up. He's gotta be consistent. But the thing is, at this point in career at this point in his career, mm-hmm. he more or less is what he is. So I don't know I don't know if, if that's ever gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, but looking for them, they they have an an elite running game and an elite defense. Yeah, but that that team if they had a good, uh, if they had good quarterback play or a pretty good quarterback play, they, they might be some might be some ball favorites. Yeah, they'd be some, yeah, they'd be some ball favorites because they got talent all over the place. And and then you know, just like watching like last week where Baker was just like missing guys, you know that Odell Beckham kind of like showed him up because Odell Beckham was like wide open and and Baker missed him and he he was like openly like frustrated about it. It's like. At this point, man, these these things should you got you should have it figured out by now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, um, it's more likely than not that it's more likely that this is what we're going to get from Baker throughout the remainder of his career. Yeah. At this level, yeah, and and that's something. If you can't get like consistent quarterback play, I'd almost like take maybe him being like like a tick worse than like the hyper efficient version of himself. If it was that consistently, he's just inconsistent, and that that's not something that you can have from like your quarterback. Yeah, especially especially in, the, in, in today's NFL, like, yep. that, that's like a that's like a premium. You need consistency at the QB position. Yeah, your QB got to if if you want to be able to win consistently in the National Football League, your QB has to be the one thing that you're like not worried about. Facts. But but I don't know what they're gonna do to like if they decide to move on from him. How what, can they gonna like upgrade that position? Yeah, that's a, it's gonna be hard because this draft is this draft is weak for quarterbacks. The quarterback class is looking weak. Um, mm-hmm. 
and as far as like free agents go, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they could they can they can swing a trade for Aaron Rodgers from the Packers. <laughs> because... Hey, that might be a, a a good team for Aaron Rodgers to try to go to because we all know this is the last year in Green Bay. Yeah, between it's them like in the in Pittsburgh, I'm in Pittsburgh too. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be a destination for him, I, but I really do think it's it most likely would be like it most likely would be like Denver. Yeah, I see. I think Denver is like a good fit, which sucks for like Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater has actually been playing really well so far this season. But I I, I feel like it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be Rogers to rogers to the the broncos but uh, honestly with what they have around him and like because maybe teddy bridgewater would be an option because teddy bridgewater he's steady he's consistent he's smart yeah he won't he won't he wouldn't put that offense in bad positions and that's kind of like all they need right now they have all the talent everywhere else Mm. no no, bridgewater is a reliable quarterback in this game he's proven that time and time again throughout his career yeah he wins Uh, and he gets it done facts yeah, so, yeah, but yeah, but Aaron Rodgers on the on the Browns. Whew, it would be, be it, it would be interesting. It would be interesting. It, you know, it's uh this this that's like kind of another thing. I could maybe like the last thing I want to like talk about. It's always interesting how you know these like changing it, when it comes to like quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, you know, they play for so long. Yeah, like a franchise, franchise quarterback, face of the league type guy is going to be in place for 10 years, 15 years or 20 years like Tom Brady. And we're kind of seeing, you know, like I I remember when Brett Favre was playing, I was like, damn, it's going to be weird not having him in the league anymore because who's going to like pick up, pick up that torch is kind of like, you know, the face of the league. But, you know, Brady and Manning were there. And then Breeze and Roethlisberger and all those type of guys. But now we're seeing, you know, Drew Breeze retired last year. Roethlisberger is done after this year. Rivers is gone. Eli is gone. But we're getting, like, that new crop of young QBs who are likely going to be around for a long time. Herbert, Mahomes. I think Justin Fields is going to be fantastic whenever he, he's cooked. Trevor Lawrence down in, like, Jacksonville. And you know we're going to see Aaron Rodgers maybe move move on to another team besides the Packers and Jordan Love take over. It's like an interesting thing how we're seeing like a changing like of the era of of eras and like the young QBs are going to like be taking the torch from all these guys and like becoming like the face of the league. I'm very curious to see how like things turn out. Oh, in fact, and you didn't know how, how dope it's going to be to see Herbert and Mahomes go at it twice a year. Yeah, that's dope. Fifteen that, years. That's, that's dope crazy. to see like two two quarterbacks like with their kind of talent in like the same division. That the, the NFL like must love that, where you don't have to sit there and wait for like the playoffs or like once a year. You have like a marquee game that's going to happen like twice a year. That could be in like prime time. Like that's dope. That's really dope. It's going to be so much like money there for the NFL with, with those two guys alone, and especially with um, Herbert being in, in, in the LA market. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's a, you know that's interesting because I always feel like I feel like the league must be so pissed that the Jets um, blew their chance to get Trevor Lawrence and like literally like a generational prospect is stuck in like one of the smallest markets, <laughs> media yeah. markets in the NFL. Like I, 
I have not seen Trevor like a, a tre- I've seen Trevor Lawrence tape, but I have not seen one Trevor Lawrence game all season. I haven't seen one. I have have I haven't watched him play yet either. And and like and that's a shame because he's like sexually, he's actually like super talented. It's just like a matter of time, but he's in like a tiny ass market. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I, I've I've been thinking about that. <laughs> he was he should have been a New York Jet if they played their cards right and just lost and yep. didn't, and didn't win. They yep. would have had him in the biggest media market in the country, but instead he's down there in Jacksonville. Now, honestly, let me ask you this question. What's going on with um, Ur- Urban Meyer? What's this video that people are talking about? I didn't I didn't look into it yet. I, I seen that, and then he is, I heard him issued an apology. What happened? Okay, so last week, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars played the Thursday night game. Yep. They lost to Cincinnati. They yep. were pretty close into it, and allegedly Urban Myers in some type of way. Um, the game was in Ohio. So the team gets back and flies flies back to Jacksonville. Urban Meyer does not go. Um, he's fully with, like, family members. He goes to a restaurant and, like, a bar that he himself owns in Ohio, and he's on video basically with, like, some young – college age looking girl like grinding up on him that is definitely not his wife so he has to on you know the the video goes viral and he basically has a press conference like apologizing to like his wife and um saying that it was like an irresponsible decision um yada 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 um, they were supposed to be like a team meeting about it where he apologized to the team, but he canceled the meeting and just went to like the individual groups and like spoke to them in like their like meeting rooms. Urban Meyer completely torpedoed any credibility he has. He's got to go, <laughs> but he won't. <laughs> I know he won't. <laughs> so your team you loses. Say- you say you say you say you say you know he won't go. You think it's like you think it's a pride thing with him? No, I think he's like painted into a corner right now. Hmm. Before, like, because the um, for people who don't aren't aware, like, so the the um, the Trojans USC they fired their their head coach maybe like two three weeks ago, and everyone was saying, oh, you know, the the Jacksonville Jaguars don't look so good. Maybe Urban Meyer will quit and go back to college. Which, honestly, in my opinion, he should do because I don't think he's cut out for the pros. But how can he do that now? So a lot of people are thinking that he should quit and go. It's like, okay. But the whole thing with college football is college football, a lot of it, it's some of it is excellent and knows, but a lot of it is recruiting. And how is Urban Meyer going to recruit when he, when basically he's like, He's always talking about guiding young men and being godly, you know, like about morality. And not only not only did you not fly back with your team after a loss, but you're drinking in the bar that you were on, grinding on, on some girl, and then you quit on said team to go to college, and then you want me to have my child sign with you to go to USC? Absolutely not. So he has no choice but to stick it out to the Jaguars. But as in my opinion, the Jaguars couldn't fire him because they, they should fire him because there's no way they he has any credibility with those with those guys anymore. I, I wouldn't follow him. See, that's crazy. I did not know. I, I seen the video with, with the girl at the bar, but I didn't know that he didn't fly back with the team. 
Nope. Oh, wow. he, he, he didn't fly back with the team. He was in Ohio. It's like they lost and you're on video grinding on some girl like at the club. It's like it's not even like you were – if your quarterback was doing that, the people would be pissed at like the quarterback. If the quarterback didn't fly back with the team, was out grinding with some girl at the club. Like you're, you're wilding. <laughs> exactly. So like that's, a, that's like a, a, double, a double standard right there because we all know what the that, uh, if a quarterback did that of, of a team. Trevor Lawrence did that. Way more backlash within the media. Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is like a devout Christian who's like married, by the way. And then, no, and, and the funny thing, and, like the, and not even the, the hypotheticals, and the funny thing about it is like Urban Meyer is like, he's like all about, like he, Tim Tebow's like, he's in like the Tim Tebow realm of things where he's like a, all like godly and all about like, like, you know, being like pious and all that stuff on the on the like outwardly, but he's he's clearly like full of shit because like look at all the stuff that's like gone on with like the Ohio State. The Ohio he left Ohio State because one of his assistants was like basically like abusing his wife and he knew about it, and then he comes to the Jaguars. He hires a coach who got fired for like racist comments at like another school, and then he was like talking about like talking openly about how he really wanted to draft, you know, Kadarius Tony instead of Travis Etienne, who he really drafted. And he also had the whole thing where he was talking about, like, we openly stalked, talked about, like, how vac- whether or not players were, like, vaccinated was, like, part of, like, the criteria for whether or not they got cut or not. Like, it's just been one dumb thing, like, after another. It's, like, he's, like, it's a mess. And, like, if your head coach is a mess – how you expect like to win or have like anything could like a, a culture conducive to winning. Oh man. Yeah. It's like, it's literally like one headline after the other. And like Bill Belichick makes headlines and makes headlines just by like not saying anything. So imagine how crazy it must be. He's lucky he's in a small market like Jacksonville. Cause if he was in like New York, it would have been a wrap for him already because the media pressure would be, insane but a fact and a big but, apple of course yeah you know and like bill bill belichick wears like a cutoff sweater and people like look at him and talk about him like he's crazy like he gives people like no sound bites and people like <laughs> go nuts so just imagine how much of a mess it is with all of this stuff going on it's like it's like a it's 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 a football team not like a like a gossip rag and that's what it seems like that that's a that's a, that's a messy situation like if you have to tell your head coach to to get his shit together, like you shouldn't be, he shouldn't be your head coach. Oh damn, that's uh, I did not know all this. That, that that's that's kind of crazy. Oh, just one scandal <laughs> after another since Urban Meyer became like the Jacksonville head coach, and, and like maybe like in in the grand scheme of things, like they're not like like that scandalous, but it's like it's it's been one like bonehead mistake or one. Or just, just like behavior that you just don't see from NFL like head coaches. Like think of the last NFL head coach who had anything like that, like about him. Exactly. Like it's probably not scandalous, but at the same time, it's a situation that could have easily been avoided. Yeah, it, it's stupid. Like yeah. it's that kind of like behavior from like a head coach is completely like unacceptable. So then one could look at it. Well, if you're making these bonehead decisions, then do you really value your position? No, I think what I think he's what I think he's used to is. He's used to like the college world where like yep. because he won so much and like college coaches, like if you th- honestly like head coaches in the NFL do have like power, but when it comes to college, like it's on like another level. Like 
Joe Paterno, when he was at like Penn State, like he was he was like the man, like he was untouchable. When Urban Meyer was at Ohio State, when he was at Florida, he was just like untouchable. Like he's like the boss. Like it's it's like it's a completely like different like ecosystem. Like you are like the king. You're everything like flows through you. Like the NFL is like not like that because one, these guys, these players are all millionaires. They all have ego and it's not like you you can't have that paternal relationship with them like you're used to with like your college players and like even though like the the ad the a like you know the athletic director is kind of like your boss he also he all you also don't really give a damn about him either because you're the you're the head coach and if and you're pretty much it's all about who you can recruit so if if you leave the school, you're going to be good. Like regardless, it doesn't work like that in the NFL. He just he like he he he, he part of my part of my my cursing, but he fucked around. And he, he's finding out. That's what happened. Yeah, uh, I see now. Yeah, he's he's, he's still adapted to that college mentality where now he's in the, in the, in the pros and you, you can't get away with with things like that. Yeah, it's not. He's not. I, 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 when people kept talking, bringing him up, I was like, I don't know why people bring up Urban Meyer at all. Like, his, his offense is like a college offense. Like, yes, he's decent enough, but is it anything that's going to be like super innovative at the college level? No. Like, if it was me, um, I, 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 if I'm Shad Khan, I just take that L, get rid of him, and go after Joe Brady from the Carolina Panthers, the, uh, the, the offensive coordinator. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he might he might feel pressure that to if this action keeps continuing as as the season progresses. I mean, he said he said today that he said today that he's not going to resign. And like I said, I don't him resigning would be stupid because if he takes the USC job, he's going to have good luck. Like you're being able to recruit for like the next few years while all this information is out there. Because I I would not let my son sign with him. Plus, USC is and is kind of like a he like dropped down a bit anyway. I want my my kid in like the SEC. So, mm. but yeah, a reminder in it. He got to go. Yeah, so, uh, this is crazy. I've never seen it. I've really do you hate about anybody, any quarterbacks, sorry, any quarterbacks, any coaches putting himself in that type of position. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know why the Jaguars went after him instead of like the enemy or maybe somebody who 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 has a bit more like pro like experience and maybe. Um, a bit more like experience with like pro style QBs because I I just don't get it. Yeah, maybe they're regret, regretting that decision. <laughs> oh, they, oh for, uh, for sure, for sure, no question. Yeah, facts. Well, um, we can wrap up here, man. Good, good convo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what you guys plan for the rest of the night? Um, I got I got some tests coming up, so that's going to be my main focus. Do some studying, do some homework. What's your test like this week or next week? Tomorrow morning. Oh damn! Yeah, you got yep. tomorrow morning at eight, at eight o'clock in the morning. Yep. That's wow. What subject? Um, it's like a it's like high end analytics. It shouldn't oh, be too yeah. bad. I forgot you did doing grad school. I forgot for analytics. Yep. That's dope. Yep. Shoot, you better get some sleep. Yeah, I'll be on it. I'll be on it. I'm about to about to head out the office now and get some sleep. All, all right, man. Well, um, mm-hmm. appreciate you again. Um, we'll be back same thing, same time next week for the most part. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, my guy. Take care. Have a good night. All right, well.
And that is it. Another episode in the books. I thank you guys for your continued support. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, I appreciate you as well. And be sure to hit that subscribe button as this podcast is available just about damn near everywhere you listen to your podcast. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Feel free to follow me on social media, Instagram, and Twitter at MrVincent13. And you can also like my Facebook fan page as well, Emmanuel Vincent. Guys, enjoy the rest of the week. Have a great weekend. Have fun watching the games. And whatever you do, be safe. Till next time. Take care.